Yes, my people, here once again, another episode, Jay and myself just kicking back. And um, this week, I think it was really fitting that we we have this kind of discussion, given the current climate in regards to, we're still under lockdown measures, some form of lockdown measures. There's been a few incidents in the community where, unfortunately, a young person lost their life. So I think, you know, this topic of mental health comes up a lot. So we've got an individual who, I'm going to give the list of things that this man, because I've known this, this, this gentleman for a number of years. This man's a poet, a writer, a graphic designer, photographer, videographer. And to me, over the last couple of years, I've saw him use his voice as a vessel to touch on some topics in regards to well the one that i really really touched me was the black anxiety but we will touch on that at some point during this podcast so for those who don't know we've got dan man in the building what are you saying brother <laughs> what are you saying you good um i appreciate you having me here you know i'm just listening to the introduction and it's sometimes it's just like it's actually overwhelming bro yeah yeah i'm like who's he talking about me <laughs> <laughs> yes yes but I know you, but for those who may not know you, how would you describe yourself currently now? Um, I mean, everything else that you just said, I would probably say that, but I mean, just to kind of encapsulate it or umbrella it, I would just say I'm a creative individual. Yeah. That's just on a journey still. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say. Good, good, good. So this podcast i know i keep repeating myself but this podcast is all about speaking to individual and i've purposely chose to speak to individual from the inner city of birmingham because i believe that we don't praise or highlight enough of the positive things that people are doing within our city there's a lot of people in the city that's doing some positive work that i believe needs some praise so this is why we've set up this platform. We're going to go on a journey. Well, every journey starts at a starting point. So let's go back now to the early years. What was the family structure and the setup like for you growing up? Um, I come from a big family, as you know already. Yeah. And like my granddad, the general of the family is always encouraged just to stick together and not... Um, to be so much into friend, friend, friend because we've got so much family like make sure you stick together and yeah. he's the one that really kind of teached us the um, taught us sorry the, um, the concept of brotherhood yes you know what I mean so it was always unity from young so if anybody who remembers us from back in the day when we was coming up you'd always see us all together do you know what I mean and mm. that's how my granddad instilled it in us so we've always been tight-knitted from you know, and it's it and this is why these conversations are important, you know, because you just saying that now, I know you from years back. And that is from outside of looking in, that sums it up perfectly in terms of you, you know, S-Squad, that S-Squad fan. We'll touch on S-Squad as we go on, but that's how I see you as a movement together 
family orientated. So it's nice to hear that you've said, you know, the foundation yeah, of where that teachings come yeah, from. My granddad said it, man. He said it. He made sure he just says, it's one of them, I'll give you an example. It's like, if one of you that's having a fight, you make sure they're fighting all of you. It's that yeah. kind of energy. That's what he instilled in us from young. So that's mm. what it is still. And growing up, where, where did you grow up? Um, Handsworth. Handsworth. Beat anyone, if that's what you want to call it. Yes. Right in the heart. Yeah. And what was school life like for you? For you? School was um, school was good, man. I wasn't really a bad youth, but I wasn't really an angel. Yeah. One of the ones where the balance, you know what I mean? I was far from a bad youth. If anything, I would probably be considered a good youth in school, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I enjoyed school because it was everyone from around the way and family. So it was just very social, you know. Yeah. I enjoyed school because it was very social. And from all the, the interviews, well, the discussions that I've had, it's the similar narrative that's been put out there in terms of growing up was nice. Mm. But from people from the outside of, you know, especially Handsworth, there's so much negative narrative about it. Yep. It's just warming for me to have these conversations and it's the same message consistently. Growing up was nice. You know, there was a sense of a community, yes. community spirit. Community and it's like, for instance, we run say Antibus Road, Linwood Road, Douglas Road. Yeah. All the roads off Rookie Road, do you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you can go to different roads and gel with the different little cliques that are there, but it's all love, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. There's no kind of animosity. It's not like what it is today. It, it, it isn't. No it isn't. And I mean, for me, because I'm an old book, right? And my golden era, I would say, was late 80s, 90s. I'm talking about nice music. That's the best era, bro. That was my... Is that the same era for you as well? I was in the 90s. I was probably just going to St. John Wall in 94 or whatever. Yeah. But 90s, 80s, 90s were the best era. That was, and, and what was the community like from your perspective, the community spirit? Um, it was respect. As the youngest, I always remember respecting the older man's above us, you know what I mean? So there, yeah. was, there was order, there was... Say hierarchy, it, it's like it's not even so much fear or reputation. There was an element of these are the older guys, yeah. You know, what I mean, these are the it was respectful, yeah. It was very respectful. I mean, there was still bad stuff happening, but mm. it was not like what well, it is today. It was, it was an element of order, respect, and you just know the cold, you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a cold anymore. We've lost that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people I've conversated with over this journey. It's a thing where we've lost that that level of respect. You know, I remember the days where if I was getting up to mischief, someone else could pull me up or someone else's parent could pull me up, but I wouldn't dare speak to someone else's child now. It's a different thing because you could go and speak to somebody's child and you're doing it from a place of love, but yeah. for one, you don't know how the youth's going to respond. You don't know how the youth's friends are going to respond. Or furthermore, you don't even know how the youth's parents are going to respond. Yeah, The parents might not see from the perspective that you all find yeah. to instill love, you know what I mean? So yeah. they might actually get on the hype with their kids and it might be a peak for you, you know what I mean? Mm. So. And in terms of influences, I initially know you for the graphic design mm -hmm. side of it. Mm -hmm. So in terms of influences, what were your influences growing up and how did you gravitate towards, you know, the graphic designing? Um, when I was at school, I remember, I think it was my mum or my dad. Somebody bought me a computer anyway. I think it could have been my dad. But, um, I just remember just downloading graphic designs. I didn't know what I was doing. 
Yeah. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do this graphic design stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know the programs, but I was probably a bit geeky now. And I found yeah. out, I figured out what to do and the rest, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of, it kind of um, spiraled from there because in school, they didn't really teach no mm. graphic design or nothing like that. So I kind of found probably 12, 13, 14, around them ages, I became interested in it. And then I just, it just kind of just spiraled from there. I just started to get a computer then I got a laptop and then it was just trial and error and then it was yeah. just, next minute I know I'm doing flyers for people I'm doing invitations and then I'm like doing logos and I'm doing this this and that and then got my first job and it just kind of it just spiraled out from there yep. and who would have known from that first early start that you would now become the designer in terms of putting out their material and the logos and so so it's funny how life yeah. puffs out a journey for you and at the time you may not know where it's taking you at the time i was just doing a thing oh the man them's got a mixtape coming out oh, the squad's got a project oh you need some kind of artwork oh let me do it you know what i mean because yeah. I do. and at the time i actually thought it was good but when i look back i have to laugh because it was like it was trash you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i'm being honest i look back at some of the stuff and it was trash but at the time it wasn't trash because at the time that's where my abilities was yeah when i look back now I, it's just laughable but it's good to track the progress yeah you know what i mean so i mean trash in the most respectful way possible yeah and let's talk about s squad now when when did that come about and how did it how did it start okay um well it actually started it had nothing to do with recording music oh my older brother was doing the promotion the promoting thing and holding dances and that back yeah. in the day and it's like we needed a a promo, a promo name i was helping him with the marketing with that with all the designing and all that stuff anyway yeah we needed a name and he was like he actually came up with the name and um it was like escort promotions yeah and i remember the first dance he had was it a night of pure elegance and then he started to have a few more dances after that but yeah. it was escort promotions escort promotions and when they used to sing, sing it out on the radio yeah Everybody was like, oh, we've got this new set of promoters in town called Escort Promotions. Oh, and I heard yeah, that. You know I, did, I, mean? I didn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yo, them days was funny because we used to be at home listening to the radio and we used to hear the DJ saying, yo, we've got Escort Promotions and we got these new set of promoters in town. I'm thinking, people do not know that it's us, you know. You I know didn't I mean? know, you know, because I've yeah. always known it for the the the, the music mm -hmm. side, mm -hmm. not it, the promotion. Nah, it, was, it started off with the promotion, so it was down to Zeke's where the name came from. And then, okay. And then with it, when it actually with the music now, it was twins and one eye that was doing the beat making and the rest. Yeah. I mean, fourth, you know, fourth. Yeah. He was always yes. the hip hop anyway. But From was, school days and his brother and, you know, yeah, you that's it. Mean? Yeah. So hip hop was kind of in us all anyway. But they was the ones that was doing the beat making and all this other stuff. And I didn't quite understand it, but I loved it. I was like interested in it. Yeah. And then I used to go to their house and watch them doing it. And then me and Zeke learned how to make beats, but kind of like a Bandulu way. Cause like they were doing it properly. Oh. We were just kind of doing it from like a ghetto kind of way in it. You know yeah. I mean? So you could hear the difference in our music because they were more, they went to, they learned how to do it properly. You know I mean, yeah. it was just kind of, it was just fun. It was just creativity. And um, then we all realized that we had musical interests that were similar. Yeah. We just kind of pulled it together. We were never a group. This yeah. is what people kind of probably mistaken. Escort was never a group. Okay, I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean, it would seem like we're a group because we're together. Yeah. But we were all. If you check it, look at Fourth's rap persona. Look yeah. at ones. Look at Leaks's, Look at Euros. Look at C4s. Everybody else that was rapping. Yeah. Even mine's. 
all of us were different kind of like the way Wu-Tang came together they're all different people yeah but they're a crew but they've all got their own individual lanes it was just easier for us to work together because I've always from an outsider looking in I saw it as a collective of people multi-talented so you had one person like yourself that was doing the graphic the designing you had the MCs you had the um, the beat makers and to me I always saw Meeks as the PR he yeah, was yeah, because yeah. I, I remember when he first <laughs> come to me you know I was driving by Winston Green Prison uh, and I heard the name Esquad Esquad ringing ringing and then he came with a CD and he said play this on the radio mm. I was like is that rapping and it's like yeah man play this on the radio I'm gonna pull it in the car I was like wow mm. and then it just catapulted that from there for me mixtape and that was what was it transition from a boy to a man yeah yeah. One, yeah 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 I mean, in ter- with the Esquad, so was it a plan to move it forward? Or Because I always saw you as a group that was well organised and you could take it far. Like, Meeks was like yeah. 100 miles and now we're yeah, making contacts. Yeah, and, and when I was looking at this group, like, forming, well, as you said, it wasn't a group, but the collective, mm. I thought these people can do something big, you know. We were, we were saying that. It's funny that you said that because we were saying that the other day. Like, if we was Esquad now and how the thing is how the how the industry is yeah we could have made a lot more noise now yeah if we came out now do you know I mean but because we did this like well over 10 15 years ago well over yeah you know what I mean so yeah. obviously we didn't know the opportunities it was the opportunities are different today do you know what I yeah. mean but um it wasn't I wouldn't really say it was planned like like what I'm saying everybody found out that we had um musical the same kind of musical taste and yeah and um we kind of jumped on it i'm not gonna lie like four yeah. um fourth was always doing it twins and one eye was the ones who was learning it and active with the beat making yeah me and zeke's decided to jump on it and meeks i think meeks was them um, spending time because he's the one who introduced us to major yeah God bless his soul yeah i mean r.i.p major but um meeks was the one that introduced us because he was chilling with DAZ and um, Stranger and Vortex yeah. he was with them for a little bit do you know what I mean just yeah. being around um, and then he brought Esquad to the studio and then like what I said we was never a group in it so we would just all go to the studio with our own individual beats our own individual tracks and the rest yeah. and then it was like hold on a minute let's just make songs together you know what I mean yeah. but then were the days man I mean the days where we used to go to majors and book like six, seven, eight hour slots and just be in the studio all day yeah. like for the first hour it will be fourth doing his thing yeah and then probably like fifth hour in now yeah. we're doing collective tracks you get what i mean but yeah and then it then it became a movement organically you get what i mean mm. so that's what i can say it was definitely not a planned thing but because we're family and it's sometimes it's like we're moving from the same brain the same heartbeat you get what i mean yeah. it's, that's just it just organically just fitted into place and i think it's you may not think it yourselves but it, it, it's really put a blueprint for people moving forward mm. because now right you see individuals that are making noise whereas I always see yourselves like the MD7s we was talking about it earlier on mm-hmm. as the individuals that was you know kind of like set yeah, it set pioneers. it up they were pioneers definitely yeah and you've yeah. got like you know pen talk and you know a lot of the early days rappers that no one really talks about that journey. But well, that journey is important 
definitely. because in terms of the mixtapes putting the mixtapes out getting your music on radio and that was at a period as well where the fractions in the community were starting as well where you know it's well documented about the you know some may call it post-cold wars or some may call it gang-related wars and as the djs as well the djs were going through it in terms of you get called because all you want to do as a dj is just put the music on because it's good but then you're getting messages don't play this and don't play that and so it's hard for the the actual rappers to get their music on the radios and that must have been mad for you like as djs for you know thinking about like our man's would be like oh you like repping these mans or you know what i mean or oh, it's yeah a beef thing now because you like are disrespecting the side by not playing that yeah that must have been a madness it, 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 it was a it was a weird period because in terms of with the djs the djs are not involved mm-hmm. you're not involved and you just want to put good music out there but then you have conversations with other DJs and it's like, well, is it really worth it? Just can't be bothered. I'll just play all the American Basically, stuff and it, you know. But then people will say, oh, you don't support the ends. Yeah. I mean? But then if you support the ends, you get caught up in the politics. And yeah, you, know. you get you get caught up. So it was a weird time period, to be honest. Can imagine that. So moving on now to the spoken words, was that something that you've always been interested in or... Is that where your journey now is just taking you to another, you know, period in your life? This one here, um, it was kind of accidental, if I'm being honest, because rapping and poetry is kind of like one in the same anyway, so I've always been writing. Yeah. But when I was rapping with the squad and the rest, I was doing it. I wouldn't say not because I wanted to rap, it's because I'm going with the flow and these are pushing me, like, go on, go on, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I'm rapping, so I was never... I don't want to say comfortable because I know I can do it, but I was, I just, it wasn't me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I still wanted to do it, but I don't know if I, if I lacked the charisma that I'd seen for, for meets or one I like, I'm looking at their charisma in all like, that's sick, but that's not me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I wish I had it. Yeah. But that's not me, do you know what I mean? So I knew that there was a, um, there was still plays for, for my writing or whatever. Not. And then um, I was at uni and I think I was supporting Nathan Dennis and the Silent Screams um, project. Yes. And on that Silent Screams album, there was like tunes that was um, that had real, real topics basically. Yeah. And I got I got pulled with the relationship between a man and a woman kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really want to write a rap about it. I can probably write something about it. Yeah. Any end, the letter to a black woman was birthed off the back of that project. Okay. And um, then. I was after that known as poet and spoken word artist and the rest and it was like the messages that seemed to come through it's like I'm channeling some kind some kind of message that needs to be shared that's how it feels you know what I mean so I'm not doing what I'm doing to be famous I'm not trying to be the next big poet you know what I mean I just I do it for the love of it you know what I mean yeah so so that's kind of where the poetry kind of just developed and after letter to a black woman more and more projects would present themselves yeah in that kind of way and then i just kept writing and then it just falls into place sometimes yeah. i can't even fully articulate the journey everything just f- fell into place so, yeah. and what's the creative process like because your poetry is very powerful Thank you. and i'll speak about some of the individual ones that i've taken in mm-hmm. but where does the talk me through the creative process like for me to come up with spoken word piece or whatever now sometimes i'm touching on my own experiences sometimes i'm touching on 
somebody that's close to me or yeah. just people that I know of. I'm never really just making up a piece. There's some kind of relatability or some kind of something, something that's really, um, I really relate to the piece in some kind of way, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So um, a lot of the writing comes to me about two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And a lot of the time I'm in my head anyway, do you know what I mean? So just come there. It, the poem comes to me like how bars will come to someone who writes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes I'll be in my bed at two, three o'clock in the morning, quickly just type in half a sentence or a paragraph or whatever, and I go to sleep, wake up, our walls come, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or sometimes I could just do it all in one shot. So it just depends. There's, there's, it's different every single time. There's one where I think it's really fitting now. And there's a subject in terms of the narrative that's been put out there in terms of the impact of social media, the visuals that people are seeing. There's one, Why Die a Gangster? Okay. When you were born a king. Do you know, to me, right, it's definitely a message that needs to be amplified. It's true. Relevant. Where did that one come from? Okay. <laughs> I almost forgot about that one, but I have to give all credit to Fourth Lord on this one because Why Die a Gangster? When you were born a king is one of his lyrics. Yeah. And that was, he said that lyric on a track, my first rap track, where yeah. I featured with Fourth Lord, and it was one on one of the beats that I made. Yeah. I don't know if he did me a favour by jumping on the track with me or whatever. Now, but <laughs> yeah. It kind of gave me a bit of confidence, you get what I mean? But there was one line that he said that was poignant, and that stuck with me, why that against him, he was born a king. And then mm-hmm. it just kept ringing, ringing, ringing over. And Fourth always makes timeless music, and he says timeless things. But then it was just like... Um, did I use that for a project with Dear Youngers? I'm sure I might have flipped it and did it on a Dear Youngers project, but yeah. that whole poem thing, it came from Fourth Lord's line. And then on top of that, I was able to build the rest of the, um, the piece just yeah. off that one line. So I'll give credit to him for that. Because there's a lot of, again, I keep saying it, in, in our community, especially the young, mm-hmm. younger generation, they have so much opportunity. They're very, they're very talented. They're very resourceful because they and they're very fast. If you noticed how the younger yeah. generation, they do things better and faster than what we did, and it's good to watch them and see them. But what it's like at the same time, it's dangerous because you can see that they're very reckless with what they're doing as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and some of that is the older generation's fault because they were looking at the older generation and adapting the model, but then yeah. obviously taking it somewhere else. But we've all got a part to play in what's going on. But and that's something, again, that I'm, I admire about you in terms of... Because you're in a position where you could use your voice for different things. You could get caught up in the hype mm-hmm. and say, do you know what? I just want to be popping, popular, you know, make some big coin yeah. and just put out negative narrative, which sells. Mm. But you're using your voice in terms of, like, some serious topics very serious ones you can only but try I mean don't get me wrong when you put your voice in a place where you're speaking for the good or for or the, for the greater good of humanity as such I'm not by all means I'm no angel I'm not like a preacher man or nothing like that yeah. but like what you said if you're going to say something it, it better be constructive or worth saying otherwise yeah. what are you doing because you're just selling illusions or you're selling death or whatever it is yeah and the youth, them are the future. If that's what you're pumping into them, what do you think yeah. you're going to get back at you? Know what I mean, so yeah. if, if you've got a platform in any kind of way, I just say morally, you don't have to, but morally, you have to say something positive. 
you know what I mean? And even if nobody's looking, you always got to remember God's looking at you, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Everything you're going to have, everything's going to have to be accounted for. And one of the big ones, because we'll get onto it now, mm-hmm. is the peace, black anxiety. Okay. Black anxiety, what's strange but yet true. Our anxiety is heightened by the shade of our hue. Is this something old? No, it isn't brand new. Black anxiety, how would you cope? What would you do? Black anxiety, smiling but screaming silently. Stereotype volumes are loud, but most times insinuated quietly. Doesn't matter if we shout or speak silent with sobriety. We know that we're automatically seen as menaces to society. When I heard that and I, and I saw the title and, and watched the visuals, I thought this is very fitting now. This is what we need, especially for men in the black community. A lot of men suffer in silence. There's this taboo in terms of I'm strong. I won't let that emotional side come out in me. But also as well in terms of now what we're going through. The lockdown and everything. The lockdown. There's young people that their friends have lost their lives. It has to play on their mentality. Again, with this piece, you know, where where did this one come from? And I have to give credit because it wasn't birthed from me. It was a conversation that I jumped on on Instagram. It was Nikita at um, Nick Talks. And she, she, she's a mental health practitioner. I'm sure she has a PhD or she's working towards a PhD in mental health. Yeah. But she was having a conversation about black anxiety and the rest. And I didn't know that it actually had a name. The stuff yeah. that she was talking about, it resonated. I mean, we've all got different. When you break down and you understand what black anxiety is and then you look at how, it, how it's played out in your own life, you're like, Ray, black anxiety is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for instance, for example, just the normal walking in the street and somebody crosses over or somebody's locked their car door or somebody yeah. holds there. That's something that us as black, don't get me wrong, it's not exclusive to the black community, but that's yeah. something that we've standardly dealt with forever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So those kind of things. And then when you bring them into the workforce, all of the black, the issues that black people face, do you get what I mean? All of that are umbrellaed under black anxiety. Mm. So um, I jumped on the conversation and the rest and I felt inspired by, I learned something from her, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I asked her permission. I said, do you mind if I kind of flip this conversation into something? Because just, it gave me a light bulb, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's something that needs to kind of be spoken about. I mean, not necessarily preaching it to us because we, we deal with it as people, but for outs, people outside of our communities who don't necessarily know yeah. it's like to be black as such. Yeah. I hate to say that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like an insight into what we have to face daily. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all got normal anxiety. I mean, and and that's not exclusive to color, race, or whatever. Not, but mm-hmm. as black people, we have another set of anxieties. Yeah, what I actually realized, um, and somebody else pointed this out to me, I'm talking about um, anxieties as black people dealing with everybody else, but we actually have a bunch of anxieties dealing with each other. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yes, and that's that's like some of the reasons why we've been having a lot of stuff happen in the community because we've got black anxiety towards each other as well like if i see for instance if i see another black man on the road there's always this western kind of dirty harry standoff you know what i'm talking yeah about, you know I mean? yeah why do we do that it, it, it's that fear and, and i think it goes back to as well where we had the beauty mm. of 
growing up in a community yeah. where there was the community sense. Yeah, yeah. But over the years, that's been eroded where now no one wants to help each other. I don't know if it's safe to even say, Maguano is safe. Yeah. Even now, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a shame, but it, it's true what you say in terms of that black anxiety. There's big scope for it. It's not just one thing. I didn't look at it from the black on black perspective. That's not where I was going with it. But when somebody brought it to me, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But it's the same thing, but it's a whole different thing. There's something that I could actually attack. Mm. You get what I mean? Yeah. And also looking at it in terms of the division that I can see manifesting, not just our community, but as a result of this COVID-19, you've got the division of those who want to wear the mask, those who don't wear the mask. Then you've got the division of those who take the vaccine, those who won't take the vaccine, those who think COVID-19 is not real. Then you've got families that's lost, you know, loved ones as a result of it. So now everyone's divided and no one wants to speak. There's plenty of different opinions and perspectives and the rest. All I just know is this is a great game of divide and conquer, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like what you said, the whole world's been turned upside down. Now, issues that we used to have or used to think about, we no longer think about them because we're thinking about, like what you said, yeah. he's not wearing his mask or they're having a party down the road or yeah. the whole world's changed now, do you know what I mean? So it just shows you that mass manipulation and mass um, divide and conquer tactics I'm not going to say that these people are right and these people are wrong. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion and the way they want um, to run their life, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just made things different and life is different now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Again, moving back onto the mental health, mm. what's your kind of like perspective on, especially, and I have to speak about us black, as black males in regards to tackling that mental health topic or there's people in the community that's been through trauma whether it's witnessing their you know friend or loved one you know being shot or stabbed losing a parent that may be serving big long sentences Mm -hmm. or absent fathers it must play on these young kings mental well-being you know what's your take on on that i just think right about now like what you just says the whole end all of us we all have some degree of PTSD you know what I mean we have some kind of trauma that we're kind of living our lives off yeah instead of living our lives like we're free we're living our lives with the baggage of the trauma that we're still carrying you know what I mean yeah. so then it will spill out and it will start to affect us in all different kinds of um stages in our life in regards to the mental health within the community and the rest it's just like COVID and this whole situation doesn't help the morale of people is low yeah you know what i mean and that's simply because right about now fair enough we can all have plans for the future but can we actually see what the future looks like at the moment so it yeah. just makes people become in greater states of anxiety you yeah know what I mean? because you're uncertain about the future yeah and then forgetting about all of the issues just generally that we have outside of covid anyway so now mm. covid has just amplified everything because we have time now to now focus on all of the negative stuff that we were entertaining before you know what I mean yeah so then social media everything is on a rise the hype the mix up and all of that stuff is it's like it's in a melting pot one big Dutch pot and they've put the lid on it you know what I mean yeah. and they're just turning the fire up we can't go nowhere mm. run that down we can't actually go nowhere so it's like 
if you if you're into badness, you've got enough time now to to do more badness. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Obviously, just like if you're into good stuff, you have a lot more time to to do that too. Yeah. And the youths, obviously, we know that there's there's nothing really for the youths apart from computer games and everything that's online and the rest. So yeah. they they creative individuals. There's nothing creatively that's holding them and preventing them from be doing. What is it? Devil makes work for idle hands. Yes. And the rest. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing that's preventing that. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's all by design. Mm. And this is just trying to get your perspective of it. A lot of these people that are, you know, walking around, they don't want to tell their friend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just in case the friend looks at them differently. There's no way for them, an avenue for them to talk to someone. I get you. I mean, it's just like with what you're saying, the bravado thing. Like, nobody wants to look like the weak guy that's suffering or... Yeah. But this is what they need to realise is... The weakness is in you concealing yeah and not not feeling like you can that's where the weakness lies not feeling like you can because you feel a sense i'm not speaking from experience as well you feel a sense of relief once you're able to find the courage to express yeah. and say what it is and doesn't mean when you say talk about your feelings doesn't mean get all wet and emotional yeah. and start saying these roses are red violets and blue stuff yeah it just means you're human in it yeah you have to take the the load off yeah. If you do, if you find it difficult to to express yourself and get the load off, then later on you will see that it will have ramifications mentally. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. it's like carrying shopping bags. How many can you carry before you have to drop them? It's, it's right. You know what I mean. So it's just you have to, and you need to realize that it's there's a thin line between mental, like having bad mental health, and you know, like losing your sanity and the rest. A yeah. very thin line. So yeah. we just need to try and try their hardest to hold it together and hold each other up as well yeah. especially in this day and age mm. you know what I mean and it, it goes back to what you were saying as well in, in terms of the lack of when you say the anxiety it's the lack of trust from the ethnic community in regards to services because you go into mental health services and you always tend to hear about the negative side rather than the, the support and help but it's documented that once you go into mental health services from an ethnic minority, your journey Peak through that you. service is, is, is different, you know. Peak for you, and I'd say to, to chime in on that is from my understanding of it, I'm not too deep into it, but it just goes for representation. Yeah. And that obviously goes up the chain. If there isn't people like you that understand you, yeah. No offense, but Mr. Joe Bluggs or Mr. Smith or whoever can't prescribe something for me. If you yeah. don't understand where I'm coming from, whatever, now like you can't say what's good for my life. Yeah. Or Mrs. Whoever, Mrs. Who are from my community. Yeah. They have a cultural understanding and they have experience and they know how to sympathetically and empathetically deal with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we definitely don't trust the health services because if you go back in history as well the system hasn't really been good to us as a people yeah you know what yeah. i mean and especially in regards to, to to discussions about vaccines and the rest and if you want to go back to tulsa like the black wall street and all them kind of different things that yes. the system did to black people and not even just that there's plenty of things in history yeah. that will answer why you're skeptical about the information that we're being fed in regards to health and the rest you know what i mean it goes deeper than oh we don't want no injection and jay and myself was having this discussion on the way up mm. right in regards to trying to instill the trust that's the starting point is instilling the trust because there's a lot of i don't think that they can mm. because it's like this if i'm going to just use this example if your slave slave master 
got you living under these conditions what makes you really think that he cares about your health or if he does yeah. care about your health it's for his benefit isn't it yeah because yeah. if you're not up to the job yeah you can't make him no money you know what i mean mm. because mm. one he's got you in slavery and you see how he's dealing with your family and you know what i mean yeah all, all of the efforts that he's keeping up well he doesn't mm. care about you but he cares about you benefiting him Bene- yeah yeah so what makes you think that's how we're living we're living in a system that doesn't really care about you but cares how you can benefit it these are the things in the community so when we talk about the community and mental health it's multi-layered yeah it's, it's like an onion with bare different layers for real and and that's enough to make you cry for real yeah um I, you touched on something that i didn't actually answer so you said something about the lack of positive role models in the community yeah. and the rest of that i know i didn't touch on that but um there are a lot of positive black males in the community not just black males but, it, but what i'm gonna say that there are a lot of positive black males in the community a lot of them and this isn't an excuse a lot of them are busy with life a lot of them also know that as, as positive as i am and i can tell the youth to do this and that but if i can't provide the youth with another a better yeah angle for them to to maneuver off yeah then i can probably give them my opinion but they're, with, they're within all right to tell me to shut my mouth because yeah. what else can you suggest for me do you know what i mean yeah so so good us said talking about the younger generation saying we need to do this and that we need to also provide them with because we are partly to blame for how they for their perception of things do you know yeah. what i mean so we need to come with a solution as well we can't just say you that stop stop with the badness then yeah but what are we going to do in the meantime well what do we do yeah because this is because because the badness and whatever now has become normal do you know what i mean yeah and the things that normalize it is i'm sorry to say but things like the music mm. and it's an int- that's an interesting and another discussion within itself because you've got people who will say it's not the music's fault why people are like this but it has a big one of the biggest influences behind yeah you know what i mean that's just my opinion but i feel like the music has a lot because the music is one of the biggest conduits you get what i mean so if people listen to music religiously so if you want to pump some kind of message in there whether it's subliminal or or just direct is it yeah i would say it plays it plays a part i don't know how much part it plays but i i, I believe it does play a part and the reason why i say this as well is that if you have an artist that's putting out a negative narrative and then you've got an artist that's talking conscious lyrics the one that's putting out the negative narrative Mm -hmm. that's the one that will be shining the most and that's the one that record labels or you know anyone that wants to invest in their career will invest by design because that's what we've been so desensitized and brought down to lower vibrational levels it's like that's what we resonate with yeah so the positive frequency and that it's not even touching yeah i mean like if i put something out which i know it has a positive message to it i don't expect the big millions hits and the views and the likes now that's not why i do it you know what i mean i just know that certain messages like the universe the universe is watching and it yeah and it's good vibration good karmic energy that that i'm that i will be receiving you i mean i'm not not out here trying to sell death or illusion yeah a lot of the people pumping that that message a lot of them don't even live that life themselves you know what i mean Mm. so Mm. it's it's for the money i'm not someone that will do that for the money when i know that they're i got a daughter my daughter's watching me you know what i mean yeah attentively as well Mm. i got nieces and nephews and just other other people around yeah 
personally i don't think it's right to do that but i don't tell no one how to do their thing i just know morally yeah what's right you know what i mean and and that goes back to what we were talking about right at the start of the conversation you know the seed was planted mm-hmm. in you from this from mm-hmm. day one yeah you know my there's the saying out there you can't bend a branch when it's a tree basically so you know it's your take on things and just how you articulate yourself it's from that planted that seed from an early early stage and that's why you won't compromise mm. well it's come from way back when you, when you look at it like that yeah it makes sense yeah but sometimes you don't deep your own self like that do you know what i mean but sometimes it's interesting to hear another perspective it's like oh yeah so moving on now to current day what are you involved in now or what's the next steps for for you okay um well i've always you know that i do the graphic design and the rest yeah. of that never that's never stopped really um I'm, these days um i've been doing a lot of video work and um i'm learning it but getting better at it yeah so creatively i'm still creating um outside of that um i'm still writing i will always i will always be writing a few projects that I have in the pipelines, um, sp- spoken word ones as well. I probably won't stop doing those. Yeah. As long as there's always a relevant message to speak on. Yeah. I will always speak on it. So, and then um, I do have something that I'm trying to set up. Well, that I'm not. I'm trying that. I am setting up. It's it's the kind of work with the youth, and to it's called creative expressions. It's it's yeah. to work with the youth, and it's to get the youth to express themselves creatively. It's, yeah. it's to try and provide an outlet for the youth in the same way that I kind of do and it's not exclusive to poetry yeah. it's it's a creative expression whatever the, the individual chooses to express however they want to do yeah. it but the way I want to do it I want to do it where there's websites involved there's book publishing involved there's there's, there's videos being made and produced and exported yeah. and whatever not so I have a, because I haven't directly got it in the way that I haven't got it patterned the way that I want it to pattern at the, yeah. at the moment due to all this COVID stuff yeah. I don't really want to overly overly talk about it but it's yeah. coming soon it's already in the pipeline it's, it, the wheels are already spinning yeah. you know what I mean but my, my aim is to do work with the youth and encourage their their vocabulary their creativity and just to give them like self-confidence and make them not be not feel any kind of stigma about yeah. expressing themselves you know what I mean yeah. especially with the mental health and with everything that's going on, you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just to harness harness the creativity in in the children because um, they are the future, and we don't you don't know where that seed that you've planted yeah. is gonna grow to. You know what I mean? You don't know. Like that could be the the world changer, the future world changer that you're speaking to. You don't know. You know what I mean? So, and that's fitting for as you said the current time. Mm-hmm. I believe that by creating these safe spaces, mm-hmm. the youth need it. They, they, they need it. I mean, we can't change the world, but by creating that safe space, it will go some way to helping in terms of with the mental health side of, yeah. of things. Because, I mean, if you can if you can provide sorry, some kind of preventative kind of measures, prevention is better than cure, isn't it? Yeah. So if you can save just one child or not save, but, you know, steer them down the right path, yeah. if you can do that, then... Sure, you've done your job. You know yeah. I mean? so if you can reach one person, it's cool. If you can reach five, it's even better. If you can reach more, then good. Yeah. But if you can reach one person, you know what I mean? So Yes, yes. And what advice would you give to anyone listening in regards to... We've touched on topics of mental health and just that creative space that you're in. 
the advice that I will give to somebody right now and um, touching on mental health and that like find your purpose be still be quiet and listen and find what your purpose is or something that really resonates with your heart you know what I mean put your energy into that because a lot of these things that we experience in the old world the old world as we knew it because that old world is dead now like it's, it's a new today you know what I mean so it's like find something that you can put your energy into something that could potentially even make you some kind of profit but it doesn't necessarily have to be financial gain but something that you can gain from whether it's grow in mental emotional growth or whatever not but just pursue that put your put your mind to it find an outlet whether it's a, 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 an activity a thing or being able to discuss with people but just find find an outlet don't let the inner voices the inner demons or the whole situation that's happening in the world don't let that consume you and, and become your focus because life is beautiful life is beautiful but like there's people in the world who don't think like that who are not beautiful but, yeah. but life is still beautiful and life is a gift you know what I mean yeah. so just just keep pursuing that if you've got a belief in a higher source or uh, like I believe in God I'm not like a bible basher or none of them kind of things but I believe in the most high and, and that's why I'm, I'm able to optimistically look forward because I know that better days are always on the horizon yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so it doesn't matter what it's saying right now just be optimistic in it and try and be as positive as possible and mm. if you're feeling negative look for the lesson in, in how you're feeling because there's always a lesson in it as well you yeah. know what I mean so well, it's important again just to amplify one part that you said there in terms of when you find your outlet that can bring you some form of wealth mm. and the key thing you said there was wealth doesn't necessarily mean financial no not at all this is something that needs to be pushed more that's what it is because everything out there society will tell you yo you gotta chase the peas you gotta get peas because no one wants no one wants to be nobody wants to be broke we know that money is is the key to, to accessing certain things in this yeah. life but it's not the be all and the end all don't get yeah. me wrong we need money but I, I'm not here to chase money I was yeah. never here to chase money do you know what I mean yeah. if money comes with you doing the things that you love that's even better yeah but to chase the money by all means I'm not telling no one how to do their thing everyone's gonna have their hustle but chasing the money always actually leads to yeah. avenues that you don't necessarily want to go to because you're gonna yeah. probably go different lengths to try and because you're chasing the money do you know what mm. I mean mm. if you can find something that you're good at something you got given talent the money will come yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's better because it's the money's gonna come with a better feeling. If you get what I mean. When you're making the money, you're making it with a better feeling as opposed yeah. to like, oh I'm doing probably stuff that I know morally maybe I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, I wasn't raised like that, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. And for anyone listening, again, these are some bars, you know, that Dan man's touching on you. He said another thing, because I don't want to keep him too much longer. Nah, but money just gives you access to things you know don't get it confused in terms of money brings happiness it just allows you to have access to do a little bit more yep. but that happiness has to come from deep within inside job as they or as the memes that they always say happiness is the inside job money look how many rich people that you hear about are depressed or suicidal or they go and do this and that but Oh, well, we thought you was happy because you got mega peas. Look at your house, look at your car. But yeah. it doesn't mean anything. It's just yeah. material trinkets, brother. And what are they worth? COVID and that, the first lockdown showed me 
material gains, people's cars, their houses, everybody who I would perceive to be living a better material life than myself. Yeah. Where does that actually get you now when if the people then who are running the thing press the button and everything locks off? Yeah. Where does your material assets, what do they mean? Yeah. They don't, nothing doesn't mean anything because they're still, they're not going to, they're not going to save you, they're not going to put you in, in any better situation. If anything, they may actually make you a target. Yeah. Because if everybody's hungry and you're the man that's got all of the stuff, yeah. You're kind of a target, you know what you're, I mean? You're target. In this day and age, it is and it's a different day. I think it's, it's really showed us now the importance of ownership. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, I'm not knocking, you know, people are working and, and so forth, because I work myself, but there's industries that has been closed and people have been furloughed. Basically. You know, so it's showing you now that no that has to be, safe. there's no way that's mm-hmm. safe. So some form of ownership and just using your passion now, following out your dreams and trying to live life on your own terms. Basically, if you can provide some kind of service, um, do a bit of research like what you says. Businesses have shut down, so there are openings in certain markets. Do you? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who have become successful and wealthy just because of the lockdown within yourself. It's because... Yeah they're strategizing and they're thinking outside of the box do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you, can, you can't fault them people they play to them but in the long run like what you says um, ownership is the way forward or having some kind of something that's probably a bit more up from a side hustle because yeah. like what you said no job is safe people are getting furloughed left right and centre unemployment out all the time high so yeah. just don't ever sit there and think that your 9 to 5 job is cushy because a lot of people lost their job yeah. For me, just to touch on that, sorry. Um, when they made me redundant a few years ago at my job, I was like, I can go back and go and get another job. Yeah. But I'm not trying to be in this situation where they're gonna take my job from me again whenever. Yeah. yeah. From that day, I was like, you know what? I'm doing this thing for myself. Yeah. However, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for myself. And yeah. so when COVID and all that hit, and everyone's like, oh, we gotta work at home and the rest and blah blah yeah. blah. And I'm like, never been working at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been. This is no different. But. Yeah. I can say that and I'm lucky for that but a lot of people ain't a lot of people have been used to their job and the rest and now that their job's been taken from them yeah their mental health you know what I mean so and you're not the first person that said that you know in terms of um, when I've lost my job a few years ago I made that decision mm-hmm. to just not be in a position where you can just take this away no, from me no. and a lot of you know there's people I've spoke to that set up their own small little businesses off the back of being made redundant. Yep. So it just goes to show, you know, sometimes things happen to you and it's how you respond to it. a lesson from it because I could have yeah. been sitting down like, oh, dude, I've got no job. I could have been all the hands on my jaw and all them kind yeah. of things. And for five minutes I was, but I was like, well, what are you going to do? Because they're taking your job away from you. Are you going to beg for your job or are you just going to make this work? You've been talking yeah. about you want to do this this and that for years the universe has been listening to you you know like, yeah. so when you say that you want this this and that and then it presents itself because the universe answered you for all i know yeah. the universe just answered me yeah you know what i mean it gave me the, the clear way to, to like, go on do your thing then yeah. you know what i mean so mm. that's how that's how i chose to look at it i could have chose to be like oh they're just racist i'm the first guy i'm just i'm just a black guy yeah. the, with a head on the block that yeah. just got trapped you know what i mean but mm-hmm. it all makes sense yeah just take your lessons from it and keep it moving. Slightly off topic a little bit now. But, and I've heard you say it a few times during our discussion, where um, with the visuals, the videos, 
and even when we talk mm-hmm. you know outside of this discussion yeah. you're very modest you know <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why i say that is you always say i'm just trying a thing mm-hmm. with the videos don't really know what i'm doing and in my head thinking to myself but that looks good <laughs> do you know what i mean but you know and i always thought to be fair you know throughout this whole escort journey I always thought that you was the video man and nah, the, nah. you know, the doing the logos, the graphic design and taking the videos. It was only, was it probably about three or four months ago and you was telling me about, I was asked, in fact, I phoned you yeah. about a camera mm-hmm. and I said, I want to buy a camera, you know. And in my head, let me phone Dan, man. Yeah. This is the cameraman. <laughs> and when you said, wow, you know what? I don't really know what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm just, and you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, what it is, it's, I um, position myself around people who have more knowledge than me in certain things because then that's how you learn faster, do you know what I mean? And it was like, um, I'd learned from, but like what I said, I think I said on the phone in regards to the video stuff, yeah. I'd learned from someone who who, who was affiliated with us, um, Smithy actually, long time Smithy with his little JVC video camera, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, like he used to do videos for us and then look a bit later on, um, that, and they were just like rough cut videos. Yeah. Um, Baby J's guy, Jimmy, he did a few t- few of our TV videos for us Yeah, back in the day. And then a little bit later on after that, it was Jojo who used to run Grindblog, big boy video and videographer as well. Yeah. Got Jojo. But um, it was me just watching. I'm thinking, we've been doing this stuff for so long. Yeah. Why the hell are we paying people to do this when we kind of got our understanding? Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn it. I'm going yeah. to, uh, and the only way to learn it is to just do it just do it that's what i've been doing and been working okay been working and what does the future hold for Squad? <laughs> i would like to see <laughs> the collective come back and at least do one mixtape uh, you know while what? i'm still <laughs> breathing because i need to i need that you know what it's mad because like we've got like a little family group in it like got two family groups but we've got like a squad mandem group as well and it's yeah like in them in the mandem group we was talking about it mix was sending through some nostalgia some old tunes and some yeah. old little pictures and here and there and, it, and even twin was doing it a couple of days ago playing some old tunes and the rest yeah. and we was like fire like we have so much material that people didn't deep then or that wasn't even released i've got mixtapes worth of material that i never yeah. put out there because my confidence was never yeah as high as the rest of you know what i mean so yeah. We were talking about it. It was like, obviously, because Major's passed away again, R.I.P. Major. Um, we have a lot of music recorded on Major's beats. Yeah. We were thinking about um, potentially putting out a project that is just Esquad and Major, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Only Major's production. And then it was like, hold on a minute. We've got so many tunes that was roughly recorded back in the day that are yeah. video, that, that, are, that are timeless pieces and are video quality. So yeah. we've got so much. Basically, just watch this space. And it, we was talking about... Yeah. So let's just come back and just put out a couple of projects a couple of EPs so yeah. there might be something there might be like a little take that reunion type situation well call on me you know like <laughs> yeah come on me? because you was the deep come on 51 and J come Larry yeah come yeah because you come did on. that logo as well yeah, for us you know we still we got it day, on his yeah. phone laboratory squad but I remember that them were the days though man yeah them were the, them were the good times man and and even with the um, major as well because mm-hmm. I know when I saw that on Insta that was a big shot to me and and this is again why it's just amplified myself and jay to start going on this journey in terms of talking to people basically because major 
I mean, I remember when Meeks brought me up there. There you go, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And I was there for a couple of hours just watching, mm. you know, Meeks and the rest of them, you know, in the booth. But it just shows, right, with the community, there's a lot of talent. Yeah. When I've started seeing things on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's like, and people coming out and saying, he did my project and he did my project. And like, there's so many projects that... Yeah, major, major. That studio and he was involved in. Major's responsible for the sound in Birmingham. Don't get yeah. me wrong, no disrespect to any of the producers, the engineers or anybody else in the yeah. scene. But, and I'm not just saying it just because, you know, people speak, speak great of the people who have transitioned here. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, no, Major was like the backbone. Like he was like yeah. the seat. Like if someone from out of town comes to the ends and they and they and they want to talk music or they want to record, like you have to bring them to majors first. You get what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not they actually record there, majors yeah. the guy. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's a proper, with no pun intended, it's a major loss. Like major going, it's a major loss to everybody because it wasn't just a studio engineer or recorder and the rest. He was like he was everybody's family. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. when you was introduced to major, I remember being introduced to major many, many, many years ago, but it got to the point when I used to go to majors and I used to need my brother to come there because I come yeah. to majors. You know what I mean? My brother's like, we go to majors, you get know what I mean? Yeah. Like, major became like a dad, yeah. became like a big brother and a dad, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I could go there and he can reason about personal things and yeah. major will listen to you and give you his perspective and give you some tough love and whatever. Yeah. Like he, get. Yeah. he would give, he, probably, he knew, he felt, he filled the gaps that a lot of like fathers didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? And, it's like um, he helped. He helped many of us to grow. He helped many of us make better decisions. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's so yeah. much I can say about Major and the rest, and it's like he left a big impact. He left a big legacy, and um, this is just one thing that I say is, he, um, whilst he was alive, he used to always say, um, "Yo, I, need, I want my own setup." Yeah. And I was what I was telling you about yeah. outside the, um, the studio. Now I wanted my own setup and the rest, and I'm gonna be able to record my own stuff and blah blah yeah. blah blah. And when Major went now, I was like, yo, who's really going to really make me sound like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The stock. Yeah. So something just, I felt like I could hear Major in my head saying, yo, didn't I tell you to get your setup from a long time? Didn't I tell you to get your setup? So yeah. it's like me just recently creating my setup now. It's kind of like, apart from me being able to be productive, it's yeah. homage to Major as well, do you know yeah. what I mean? So when I look yeah. at it, I always smile because I know it's like I felt like Major made me it probably sounds a bit weird but I yeah. felt like he made me do it you know what I mean yeah. so every time I look at myself I'm like yeah I have to salute Major you know what I mean yeah. because they another person like Mage man he's, he's, he's special man you know what I mean so and you're not the first person that said that because through trying to set up these interviews mm-hmm. you know a lot of the MCs that I've spoke to some of them have delayed coming up on here as well because they're still feeling yeah. that they're grieving yeah, and man. you know MCs are trying to set up, look at different creative spaces now to continue yeah. the work that they were they were doing and I remember on the radio you know just playing some of the Birmingham music mm-hmm. and the intro and you know the, the rapper would say Vomit Productions and Major on the Board, on the board. Yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean that's something that rings in, in, in but you take for granted that's what I mean. you know those things you know, because it's something that you hear all the time. Looking back at it now, it's like you take for granted the amount of work that he would have put in just to making the sound. Mm. It's not you just you don't just press a button and Major was a professional. It, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Professional, I have to say. 
yeah. I was saying when we went, when we had a little vigil, not, not little, but when they held a vigil for him outside the studio, I was saying, you know what? Nobody, it's it's our selfishness that makes us want to hold on to the person because we've all got our time, we've all got exploration. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in regards to the community and the rest, Major, I feel like he did his job. Yeah. Because if you look at how many people were out there for him, yeah. How many, how much advice he's give people, how much, how many times he's physically helped people. Yeah. Major done a lot of good that people don't even know about. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I feel like he did his, he did his job. Yeah. I was just grateful that we was able to actually see him and and speak some realness to him yeah. before we transitioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm eternally grateful for that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we could sit here and talk all day. That's what I'm saying. Because there's a lot to talk about and i think there's a a part two coming up because i know we, we we spoke about some things Anytime. out there that will keep yeah. off air <laughs> yeah um we'll be sitting waiting patiently keep you posted man definitely. For, for for the things that because i know you know you're involved in a lot of things as well but we won't yeah. talk it now but you're involved in a lot of things and i'm waiting for the escrad mixtape i'm gonna have to tell them again you need to talk to them i might have to bring meeks up here right and 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 speak to him but i'll be waiting patiently that'll be a good interview for that you should shout him i'll 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 be shouting him i'll be shouting him say if you if you if you if you actually say it to him you put the fire under him if i say it to him it's like yeah yeah man meeks is the line you get what i mean but somebody else says it now put the fire under him you know what i mean so i remember a time when he was posting up his passports and he was here there and everywhere and i was like do you know what i can see something here with this escort movement that's what i'm saying if it was if it was if yesterday was today it yeah. would be a different thing yeah because the drive and the hunger and the enthusiasm that we had for we were just having fun yeah we was having so much fun and because times are different now and more information and knowledge is available yeah. now yeah we didn't kind of know how to pattern the thing properly did we were yeah. just like yo we're from the ends and we're making music well and we're trying to get on tv is what yeah. easy, you know what i mean yeah didn't know how to pattern the thing but in this day and age now yeah. it's like <sighs> there was a lot back then that i see as you said if it was this time period mm-hmm. it would be different you mean you had the s squads you had you know you had the slash you had Royalist. Royalist. Downsides. Um, Tiny Presents. Yeah. There yeah, were so many. Yeah. No, Our British Intelligence. You know, I've got Fifth so many. Fifth yeah. Element. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hildank. Yeah, there was. You had so much. I've got like loads of CDs of all these people. I don't want to say too much names because I don't want to miss anyone yeah. out, right? And, and do you know what I mean? But there were so much different collectives. Yeah. Then you had like the the you know i would say the drum and bass side of it and mm-hmm. you know the the house side and there was so much collective yeah, the music scene was it was it was vibrant it you know was what? vibrant i would have loved for there to have been more unity yeah and i'm not trying to say there was beef yeah but you know that if there was more unity and there was more intermingling amongst the factions imagine what, yeah. what sounds could you know what i mean because everybody was still yeah we know you but yeah. Sticking to our crew, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was the vibe, then it's just what it is. You know, the one thing I regret was that time period, like of not yeah. having the video yeah, 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 recording yeah, 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 of the radios. I think I've only got one, right? And that was the time where Esquad, um, where was it? Where did you um, perform? 
was it, it was out of town Caesar yeah that was um Adam's dance as well in it R. yeah R.I.P. Adam. Adam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that dance. I have to salute Adam as well because yeah. he was one of the only promoters around the end who showed us love enough yeah. to do that you know what I mean yeah because he didn't have to do that but he chose to do it because obviously respect and love you know yeah. what I mean so yeah. I have to salute him for doing that still I need to look for the footage because we recorded that of traveling, traveling up. We've got it on. I had the camcorder (laughs) traveling up and speaking to. I'd love to see that. And I regret not documenting more Mm. because, as you said, it was vibrant that time. There was so much different, you know, groups. They were good. They were. They were were good times, man. Yeah, they were good. Listening to your show. When was it? Was it Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Yo, you know, everybody used to tune in like, shh, 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 lab- laboratory squads on that. Yeah. You know I mean? Yo, you just want to hear, you want to hear your tune. Like, especially if you caught a new tune from Major and the rest of like, yeah, I'm sending this to the radio. And yeah, yeah. I, but then you used to go ham on the radio. Like, I have to salute you still. Like, I had nah, it, man. yeah, we, we had it on. But it, as I said, like earlier on, it got to the stage where, you know, it was getting too much, mm. right? You didn't want to get drawn into because it was a period where now the fractions were yeah. starting to emerge mm-hmm. and you just didn't want to get drawn in and and, and you slowly started hearing the djs like slowly move away from mm. and we were just passionate about music we as djs we used to speak and nobody was involved in what was happening mm-hmm. but you'd get the phone calls and yeah myself and jay used to go to some mad spots you know to pick up we didn't care where we went you know mm-hmm. to pick up cds we had people giving us cds phoning us come and collect this yeah. and we weren't thinking at the time we wasn't thinking you shouldn't go there you yeah, shouldn't yeah. go down there you wasn't thinking because we loved the music so much we oh, couldn't passion. we couldn't get enough of the birmingham sound yeah you like repped it properly man you like really repped the end properly man yeah, like, you have to salute you, you really did and then you had the lights of like noodles, you yes, know, banky and, and yes, all yes, them. Yes, yeah. That was like really playing the, you know, the the, yeah, the Birmingham reps, sound. Yeah. Like they were playing it hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you definitely noodles it, did. You and got the, noodles as yeah. well, man. I've got to do a series, you know, if it wasn't for the DJs. You should, because that would make sense. And yeah. it's interesting to hear DJ stories. You yeah. Know, like the, 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 the stuff that you've they've seen on their, on their yeah. journeys and the rest. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah, it would be good, man. Because I, I know... Even listening to Sting FM when I used to listen to Noodles and and Banky, their champion and Pat Jam as yeah, well. Yeah. You're listening to those DJs and you're saying, "Oh, they've got this track. Yeah. I need to try and find that." Do you know what I mean? Because I they, they used to break a lot of tunes. They were like really up to. Yeah, I'm sure they um they hosted a mix, one of our mixtapes as well. Um, Noodles and the Champions in Action. Yeah. Um, something in the man something in the man i can't remember that's how old it was but okay. they definitely that was a good mixtape as yeah. well so we'll get them we'll try and get them up at some point but the the djs yeah yeah that would be we'll, a good we'll have a one. discussion with them that man really thank you yeah, man, thank you for having me man you know, i feel like i've been ch- for, for chatting for long <laughs> sorry if i've gone over but, but. nah it's, it's it's definitely a in like i've learned some stuff today in regards to i liked hearing where it all started the foundation what you said your granddad granddad look, granddaddy this is yeah. how you so that shows why the escort yeah. was so well is so tight as as a as a click because granddaddy said so you yeah know what i mean that's why well so. granddad <laughs> speak to the lads and we need a mixtape 
And if you said it, we'd do it as well, you know. If my granddad says we need to cut one more mixtape, we'd rather do it. But you should like, play in this. All jokes aside, we was talking about it because we've been getting nostalgic lately as well. Yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah, we, we have been. And either way, like what I said, I got my own little setup now, so it's nothing for me to no excuses. Then yeah, you know I mean, jump out my bed and straight onto the market if I want to. Yeah, you know I mean, no also, excuses. Like, one I've got a setup already, so yeah, there's no excuses, man. There's no excuses. I'll be waiting. But damn man. Respect for nah, today. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to come. Thank episode. you for having me, man. And we'll have you up again. Yeah. Well, when definitely. these things, what most we definitely. talked about, once it comes into play, we need to have the first yeah. phone calls most to, to discuss bro. it. Most definitely. Yeah? Most definitely. Peace, people. Yeah, we're out. All right.